0: (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to The Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. Now, today I have a phenomenal guest, one of my friends, Polo.
1: Polo, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Good. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, uh, Why don't you just tell the people a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, So, I am a former addict of nearly two decades, and I am just a queer man after God's heart. And trying to live in full obedience in what that looks like outside of my own flesh, but in my obedience to him and who he says I am supposed to be.
0: Mm, okay, okay. I I, I I, love that. Okay, so trying to walk out like the rest of us, right? Um, our walk with Christ, our obedience to Christ. Um, me, uh, definitely as, okay, someone who, if we're talking about homosexuality, someone who who God is delivered from homosexuality? Someone who says, "Okay, well, God can deliver people from homosexuality," but your your viewpoint is 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 slightly different. Can you um, explain to us exactly uh, your thought process with that? You can hold it.
1: Um, I, I, there's not much of a difference per se. Okay. It, what it really boils down to is, I am still gay, um, and I in no way intend to say like Scripture is wrong. It's just. I am still just walking out my life day to day with Mm. Christ and God on the throne of my heart, with Holy Spirit as my wisdom and my guidance and my discernment, and just seeing where that's going to take me. Mm. Not focusing too much on, does he walk me out of my sexuality? Am I going to be queer for the rest of my life? And just like worry about walking in obedience and just being that mirror-like reflection of Christ in the world.
0: Mm. And that's really good, and I think that's actually the position uh, everyone needs to take. Whether you struggle whether you struggle with homosexuality, don't struggle with homosexuality, and you're fine with it. Um, whatever sin, because uh, we all struggle with stuff, whatever that thing is that we struggle with, it's walking our lives out in obedience to Christ and really getting to know who he is and letting him just continue to transform us into the men and women that he's called us to be, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. It's- all we do, it's all we can do.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. So I have a question for you, okay. So as a, a, a gay man who goes to church, um, what has your experience been like? Because I mean, I have my own experiences, but I mean, to to go to church and to follow Christ and, and for people to know your sexuality, um, that cannot be an easy feat. What, what is that life like for you?
1: I mean, it's not, I guess the way I look at it is it's not easy, but at the same time, that comes boils down to condition of the person's heart because I am just like everyone else in the world. I'm an imperfect man following Christ, seeking God's heart, and just yeah. wanting to live obediently. And the thing is, I think with the church especially, and of course I preface what I say not everyone in the church, but I think what happens is that, when we suddenly find out the person we're talking to is homosexual or bisexual or transgendered, we become so fixated on that part of their life yeah. that we forget to see the person. It's like my sexuality is not the only aspect to my life. Yeah, I mean, most people that know me know I'm a cook, I'm a writer, I'm a huge nerd, comic books especially, and I love to read. I think we just forget that the sexuality is only one aspect of this person's life. And in all honesty, as a church... While the church may not agree with it, and that is always a debatable topic, that should probably be like the smallest bit of the life that a Mm -hmm. person of Christ talking to a LGBT person should really care about. And not to like minimize the concept of the sin, but there's still a whole person, an individual outside of that sexuality. The sexuality is just a minuscule part in comparison Mm -hmm. to who they are overall. And I think that's where a lot of times a lot of people in ministry and get lost is that the moment they hear the sexuality part, that becomes a focus. And it's like, is that all you see in Yeah, it's like, you got to fix me. Is that all you see in me? Is that all I am to you, a homosexual person? Do you not see the other aspects of my life? And I think that's always like the weird part when you're talking to other Christians, especially as an openly gay man who's just trying to follow God. Because it's like, why is that the only thing you see in me? Why? Yeah. Why is that the only sin you see in me? Like, I was a near addict for twenty years. I still suffer at times and have to work through like self esteem issues, anxiety. Like, that's not my only. You know, that's like the smallest part in comparison to everything else I have. So it's it's always interesting because some people are just like, oh, it's no big deal. And then yeah, you do get those that that becomes the focus, yeah. and it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you and I might need to take a step back here, just just for a bit, just to kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And you just said something. I, I I think that there's a lot of people who take a step back. It's like, oh, you know, I struggle with drugs. Oh, okay, love you. Oh, I struggle with, you know, lying or pornography. Okay, we got a class for that. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I struggle with homosexuality or this is who I am. But you know, I'm seeking Christ. And it's like, whoa, whoa, someone alerts someone else like, and people kind of like do that backing away that that Homer Simpson, like, <laughs> yeah, him, the little, yeah, where yeah, they're like backing that, away like, okay, okay all right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, I think that sometimes people don't notice they do that or they don't think that it's a big deal. And that's actually very hurtful for people to just back away and kind of just put you in a corner and kind of act like you're invisible because you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm homosexual and I'm coming to this church. And I think that that does so much damage. What, what type of damage have you seen the church uh, impart knowingly or unknowingly onto the LGBTQ?
1: From my perspective, the damage that does is pretty simple. It's so, you know, we're, we all talk about, like you said, how, oh, we have a class for this, we have a class for that, and, you know, you got to hang out with your brothers. You know, we push the concept of community. And it's a beautiful thing when it's done properly. And so the thing is, when we do this whole, like, oh, wait, you're gay, back into the shrubs, like, you know, like, community with you is like, hey, what's up, you know, at church on a Sunday, but after that, like,
0: mm. that
1: that doesn't exist, it honestly, for those of us, like, especially me, because I grew up in the church, so I really struggled with the church. So, for me, growing up, especially when I finally came out, and I tried seeking God, you know, because I really did miss my faith, um... When that would happen, I just kind of be like, "Okay, um, maybe I was wrong. Maybe God truly does hate us and mm. wants nothing to do with us." Mm-hmm. And you know, the lies that we that society teaches, and as bad as it sounds, the ignorance and homophobia taught not only in society but in the church, yes. suddenly becomes so much more realistic. And it's just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm done with God. Sorry, sorry, Dad. Not happening. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is like you said. Um, when we've come to him in obedience he gives us a community he gives us a family and so my my big question is like why is it when you first came to christ he gave you a community that went all in loved you unconditionally brought you into their lives right but why is it when they're gay suddenly that community doesn't mm. exist what happened you know how i tell people is like just how come you can't love them where they're at
0: and that's good like i immediately thought of like um the, the law, right? Like before Christ came, it was like, oh, this is the kind of sinner you are. We're going to stone you. We're going to exile you. We're going to, and it was that pushing away. And then Jesus is like, wait a second. You know, I'm not condemning you. I'm bringing you in. Sin no more. I know you struggle. I, I know you're going to be imperfect, but guess what? The whole flock is jacked up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're, we're all here to love one another and encourage one another to wholeness, you know, to, to that wholeness in Christ Jesus, what he's called us to be in him. And so, um, I think it's, it's religion. And oftentimes it's that old mindset. I think of, you know, uh, our, our, our parents, you know, and, and beyond who really, yeah. really have kind of act like that. Um, like, like that generation. And I see a younger generation where it's shifted, you know, yeah. um, not, not all the way because there's a lot of people who still act quite ugly, You know, but I, but I, I do see a shift in, in that, that aspect of, you know, acting like people are lepers versus, okay, you know what, we're going to go ahead and, and love as Jesus loved us, because that's what brought each of us to Christ in the first place. It was him loving us right where we were. And that's something that is so monumental that, that, that just really brings us to the feet of Jesus. And it's like, oh my gosh, he loves me. Even though I'm doing what I'm doing, even though you know I did it yesterday, even though I'm gonna probably do it tomorrow, like He still loves me, and to 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 be embraced by that type of love, uh, that is what changes um, the hearts of people to to, to turn towards uh, to turn towards Christ.
1: Yeah, it it pretty much does just come down to just that. It's it's yeah. love.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, uh, I remember a series I once read. Um, It's God's job to judge, Jesus' job to save and intercede, and it's Holy Spirit's job to bring about the change. Mm -hmm. It's Holy Spirit's job to to bring any change into our life through discernment and through conviction. It's His job to take care of all that. We're just supposed to love and be there. And I think as people, we kind of forget that. Because we just want to be like, well, God can deliver you because, you know... God delivered so and, so and so and so and so and so and so so. I know He can do it for you.
0: Uh,
1: and so we focus there, and we forget but it's not your job to do that. It's the Holy you Spirit's are job. Holy Spirit. Yeah, like it's Holy Spirit's job to change me in whatever way that God has deemed for the walk He's laid out for me. Because He yes. is the author. He's already written written the journey. It's His job to do all that. Your job yeah. is just love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean. If at the end of the day you do have a personal preference of, you know what, I don't agree with your lifestyle and for whatever reason I I choose not to have communion with you, that's cool. That's fine. Then don't begin a community or attempt to build a friendship Mm -hmm. if that's where your heart is going to be at. Because Mm -hmm. if you're claiming to be a mirror image of God's love, especially that of his son, and you want to act of community, but then at the end of the day your heart says, sorry, because of this lifestyle choice, I can't. You're nowhere near being that reflection of God's love. And it's just like you're doing more harm than good because you're giving this false hope that I want to come back to God and maybe this time I can. And then, oh, here we go again. Not happening. And it just – it creates a crush in the spirit and to where eventually so many people in the LGBT community become agnostic and seek God away from the church and away from community because things like that we may not see as a big deal. But it slowly crushes the spirit over and over to eventually the next time someone tells us, Hey, why don't you come with me to church? I promise it's no. different. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can promise it's gonna be different, but we're just like, Nope, n- nope, nope, that's what the last three people said, that's what the last four people said. Yeah. So that's that's always one of the things I always look at. is like sometimes a person can love Christ, but maybe the heart condition is not ready for such a topic that is in and of itself so complex. And that's something I think even as people who minister, maybe we need to take a step back and look at is like if I'm gonna really minister to someone of the LGBT community, am I truly in unconditional love and ready to do this? Because ministering to this, you know, this community does require true unconditional love. Mm, and great. maybe it's time that as people who minister, even we need to take a step back and say, wait, in my heart, am I really ready for this? Or am I maybe you know, doing it with condition. Yes, doing it with condition. There was an article when uh, Gay Marriage Passed um, that someone had wrote, and I wish I could have found it, but he he hit two questions very beautifully that I've always told people that, in my opinion, should be considered. Before you minister to someone of the LGBT community, the first one is always simple. Have you walked another person of the LGBT community, have you walked alongside them and in their faith, like from skepticism all the way through did you walk every step of the way with them you know did you see them did you see their struggles did you see what it took to make that walk um and I only and say that question is of, of importance because I remember the first time I ever fell before the altar in true submission in my head was like a thousand voices nonstop stop because I was scared from everything I knew growing up yeah and someone had said it's just take that first step it's it's easy and I'm like No, no, it's not. There's nothing easy about what you're asking me to do because – It's a life change. Yeah, and who you're asking me to fall and submit to growing up, to me, was not a loving God. Mm. And the second question he points out with that is, if you're going to minister to this person, are you what you once coined as the intimate friend? Mm. Are you that friend who knows all the good, all the bad, the – Hey, guys, I'm making this major life decision. I'm about to go into prayer and fasting. Please pray for me. Are you that friend that they can call that say, hey, I'm dating someone. We got in a fight. I need some advice. Mm-hmm. But you can give advice on that and not uh, your sexuality. Yeah.
0: I can't give you advice because you're gay, so figure it out. Like, that's yeah. not the way to...
1: Yeah. So that's how I've always seen it. If you have not walked someone from the beginning of the walk to their end that is LGBT and seen those struggles or... A person of the LGBT community cannot say to me in all honesty, you truly are one of my intimate friends, mm-hmm. then maybe as as a person, maybe you need to consider maybe this is not the time for me to minister. Maybe this is a season of let me get to know you as a person, who you are, you know, your likes, your interests. One of the first brothers I ever got close to, and he's still one of my close brothers. We first bonded over comic books. Mm-hmm. Like Marvel DC.
0: Yeah. That was
1: everything. And that's how we started our friendship. And eventually, in time, he one day asked, can we have the hard conversation about your sexuality? Not to change you, but to understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And I finally felt peace enough to say, yeah. So, to me, those two questions are always a pertinent thing. And if, in all honesty, you say, no, you have never been with someone beginning to end in that walk, and no, no one of the LGBT community would consider you an intimate friend, take it as a opportunity for your heart to be like then maybe it's time I focus more on developing friendships and then maybe in time he'll prepare a season where I can Mm. because that's always the hard part
0: that's really good you totally killed that okay awesome Like, I I really like what you said Um, you have to uh, I don't necessarily agree with okay you have to have been with someone from like beginning to the end because man that takes a long time but I you know I think you were also saying just getting to know people who are in the community, developing friendships, and starting at square one before it's like, hey, my name's Jessica. Let me minister to you about the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like there's there's a wall up. And until I know you care, until I know you love me, I really don't want to hear what you have to say. That's where a lot of people's hearts are. That's where my heart was, you know, Um, because of all the damage that the church had done. So I definitely agree with that. Um, that's really good. Yeah. Go and like,
1: I'd like to clarify. Like, when I say the end, I don't mean the literal end. I mean okay. you've at least seen a good portion of their walk to where you can understand why if you were to tell another person in the LGBT community, take that first step and submit before the altar, you can understand, wait, I just asked you to do something that is nowhere near easy. Mm-hmm. But you would know how to minister in that retrospect. Yes. So not ultimately the ultimate end. Mm -hmm. But you've seen a good chunk of the walk, and you've seen the struggles, and these people have developed that intimacy where they'll open up with with their struggles, like, this is who I am, and I don't understand this, and they're confident enough to say, I'm about to have a mental breakdown in front of you, because I am trying to balance two worlds. Please, I just need you to hold my hand. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've gotten to that point with someone, then I would say maybe God has already prepared you to go ahead and do it. Because, like you said, those walls are there, those guards are there for that reason. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it is really difficult to say, like, okay, well, before you we preach the gospel, you know, hold on. And then is when you encounter people, like, for me, like, as someone who's very book smart and very educated, I love to debate, I love hist- I, like, I love history, and so it causes a back and forth, like, but what about this, what about this, mm-hmm. what about this? And so sometimes it really is, like, just how about I get to know you first, and mm-hmm. then in time we'll see if that door opens.
0: Amen. That's good. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this podcast episode with, po- with Polo. Polo, what is your last name?
1: Gutierrez.
0: Gutierrez. All right. Um, I love you guys. I hope you guys enjoy that. I definitely enjoy the conversation. I will see you guys next time. Love you.